the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Holy mackerel. It's December 17th. Sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Kind of like a, a zombie. It's kind of a cute story, and I can tell it ever so quickly. Uh, first illegal drink I ever ordered with a fake idea. I think my name was like Richard Parsnick. I still remember it. And sadly, I remember it was like 1707 Toronto Lane that I lived on. First illegal drink. Um, I might have ordered a zombie or a greyhound. And... Uh, the, the bartender goes, Greyhound, it'll bite ya. And you could, you could tell that he knew that I had a fake ID, and he kind of scared a very young 18-year-old me. Thank you very much. Um, but, for instance, when people would order zombies, I'd go, it'll drag you to the grave. Like, I stole a shtick, which I'm good with. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, no catalyst right now. Nothing really going on as far as, oh, we got a trade deal done. Oh, the Federal Reserve's in our back pocket. Oh, we don't have that. So the market's not doing terribly much today. It's got a lot of good news baked into it. great results this year. Um, in my opinion, the job market is the driver of the stock market, loosely put. But that's ultimately it doesn't surprise me that we're at full employment or clearly close to full employment. And the stock market's at all-time highs. Business tax payments are going to hit a record low this year. And we're going to have more and more deficit problems. Um, but whose problem is that? Let's say I'm 50. There's a 70-year-old, a 50-year-old, a 30-year-old, and a 10-year-old. Whose problem is the big old deficit in the United States? It's probably going to be the 10-year-olds. Because the 70, 50, 30-year-olds are going to say, for me, this whole economy, it's kind of, it's going okay. We could service that trillion dollar debt. Yeah, okay. You service debt with taxes. Now, businesses were once a meaningful source of taxpayer revenue. Not so much now. Business taxes in 2019 are on track to be the lowest portion of federal revenue uh, on record. So annual deficits likely to top $1 trillion in coming years. I even saw Canada had an embarrassing deficit announcement this today, uh, today where they're just spending more money than they're collecting. Now, if your uncle did that, you'd be pretty mad at your uncle. 
I hope. You'd be like, Uncle, why do you keep borrowing money and spending it and borrowing more and spending it and you sometimes only got to work for 10 hours a week? I don't know. I just think I deserve it. Down the road, there's going to be some hell to pay. Will it be literal demons and boogeymen? No. But it's going to feel like that. Corporate taxes account for about 9% of federal revenue in 2010. In 2000, it was 9.4%. In 1960, it was 22%. So as a society, they're not getting taxed as much. But again, a lot of people go, depends on how you really look at it. Like small businesses hire people, give them good salaries. They pay good taxes. They contribute to the economy. Big companies, not so much. There's some big companies that pay no federal income tax um, due to tax breaks and tax loopholes. Now, it's interesting that I bring that up because it's end of the year and you should be thinking about taxes for sure. And there's some great tax planning technology at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com that you can download right now. And uh, learn about things that you should be doing at the end of the year as well as tax planning you should be doing at the end of the year. But 91 companies last year in the Fortune 500 paid zero in taxes. That's a big number. And it's almost upsetting. Now, some of them, like Duke Energy, if they're installing solar and they're helping society, we were like, oh, you you get a tax break. John Deere's going to tax break because why? IBM, they're not paying any taxes. Nor is Activision Blizzard. Now, again, like when you start with like Duke Energy and you're like, well, solar energy credits. But when you start getting down that line of why isn't Delta paying taxes? Because they're good at avoiding them is the answer. How does it make you feel? Apple AirPods are sold out. And yet they're the most wanted, demanded thing from teenagers and people under 25. I had a clothes, I had of iPhones, I had shoes, sports gear, Apple watches, smartphones, electronics, makeup, cosmetics, jewelry. The one ring that shall rule all the rings is the AirPod. Interesting, right? Apple stock hit a record high today. Uh, it, it's got it suffers from an embarrassment of riches, and a lot of it's tied towards the research and development. We don't, we assume that they're going to come up with new versions of this stuff that we want. I, I it'll be interesting. Five G is taken care of by Apple's got a five G story, even though it's not going to be as great of a story as we want it to be. Five G probably won't cure hemorrhoids. So it's not all that, and, and, and that's not the end-all, be-all. It's not said and done. It's not over. Over? Nothing is over until I say it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? And it's not over when Apple... Well, the question I have with Apple is, they got 5G, so they got a little bit of a bridge thing going on to like their next big product. What are their goggles? What are their virtual reality going to be like? And will we want it? Do I want virtual reality and augmented reality? Yes. 
but only so much. The idea of watching the Super Bowl from the 50-yard line, of watching U2 from the front row, the idea of going to a war-torn country and seeing myself what it's like to see innocent women and children slaughtered and suddenly get activated and throw money at a cause. The ability to experience that is could be amazing. It could be life-changing. But here's the problem, and I'm going to stick with the Super Bowl. Me, my friend Zach, my friend DJ, and George are sitting around watching the Super Bowl. And we're all at the 50-yard line. And we're paying something like the NFL $100 for this virtual reality experience, right? And the NFL has partnered with Facebook or partnered with Oculus or partnered with someone who can deliver a, a virtual reality or augmented reality headset. The problem is, is that at some point in time, I'm going to go, George, this is a great game. Because um, George can't hear that well. And because I have a headset on, I might not be able to hear because may have speakers tied towards it. And I'm on the 50-yard line, right? And he's going to look over at me and he's say, these glasses are ridiculous. I want to take them off. Not being able to make eye contact with your buddy might be a negative. They're going to have to get around that to get to me. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. I do realize that I'm offering you a good guarantee, promise, relationship of trying to drag you to retirement. But I do appreciate you listening to the show as well. Um, and I'll do my best to always get you some content that has something of note and importance to you. Um, hopefully I do a good job of it. I promise I won't always, though. You know, it's the way it works out. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. Um, it's been a good year of the app. Now, I can't go out and label it the year of the app, but this was kind of the year that we started seeing more of a subscription demand out of everyone. Um, Disney Plus, you have to have a subscription. Yes, I got a free year of it, but I also signed up for we're going to bill you when that year's over. And that's the easy one to think about. How about the top app subscription-wise on revenue that's non-gaming? I don't know the gaming stats. Can you think in your head what would be the top app? I'll give you some, some hints. Number 10 was a company, an app called Line Manga. Number 9, Quai. Number 8, Line. Number 7 app as far as revenue. Non-gaming, Yoku. Number six, as far as revenue, Pandora Music. Okay. Got it. YouTube is in the mix here. iQuai, Tencent Videos, number three. Now, the number, top two, top two apps, revenue, subscription. Netflix comes in at number two. Can you imagine what is number one? Oh, Tinderella. 
it's almost midnight. Tinder's leading position should not be a surprise, as dating apps have that kind of unlocked monetization thing going on. Their combined annual revenue of top apps up 920%. Ooh. Now, overall app downloads, Facebook's number one. But when you get into Facebook Messenger, Facebook, WhatsApp, what's really Facebook anymore, right? Facebook launched its own dating service in September. Haven't really heard anything about it yet. But when you start seeing like a tender, who is publicly traded? I once made a joke that I don't think I can make anymore about Match.com. Where I basically referred to it as the leading database on sexual diseases in the United States. (laughs) It's a pretty funny line. Um, but now you have to like stop and like say, I don't know if I can say that. I could say that one, and it's not true. I'm not trying to make any claim that's antagonistic. Just that everyone we know on dating apps has got a story or two or three. Uh, Free to play games, cashing in on small purchases, the microtransaction. Player Unknown Mobile. Dragon Ball Z, Clash of Clans. Pokemon Go, still a thing. That's fantastic. What we learned about Pokemon Go two, three years ago is that people are willing to stand around and basically do nothing as a group. I got out of a Sharks playoff game or something like that three years ago. Decided to head to the Hilton. Hilton's got some nice couches, and it's got a fun bar scene after a game. It's right next to the train. All's good, right? And three years ago, it's a cold winter night, and I see like 40 people standing right next to the Hilton. There's a museum close by, and I didn't know what a Pokemon gym was. I had no clue. I didn't know that you got like 10 Pokeballs a day, and then you had to like find them or walk or buy them. Woo! You mean I don't have to walk? I could just buy them? That's the point. Americans are fat, oompa loompa, uh, big bone, loving SUV. Americans. Uh, Pokemon Go, when you see them on a list three years after that stupid game came out, oh, I got all 400 Pokemon. When you see it still doing well, Apple does well and Google does well because every time you buy those virtual coins, they get a piece of that action. The top free-to-play game, as far as pulling in revenue with those microtransactions, let's just do the top three. Candy Crush Saga. That makes sense. Who doesn't want to get to another level of candy? Brought to you by the American Dental Association. Three out of four dentists highly recommend Candy Crush Saga. How about Honor of Kings being number two? Now, that makes me feel good because I don't know who Honor of Kings is or what they do. And number one from Sony, Fate, Grand Order. That's the number one free-to-play game cashing in on small purchases for 2019. It's a thing. Um, Sony had kind of an interesting year. We've had some, uh, some wins this year. Whereas you take a look at like a Warner Brothers, not so much. Warner Brothers had Joker and not so much. 
Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Tinderella, Tinderella. Friend of mine, uh, female, totally fell in love with a guy. Totally fell in love with him. And uh, he was trotting all around the world and uh, doing his trotting around the world thing. And Federer lines like, I can't wait to come home and meet you for the first time. And you are so beautiful. Uh, <laughs> change the dinner plan to, why don't you come over to my house and I'll cook for you. And the rest is history. There was no second date and no Prince Charming. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 2020 is going to be interesting for Facebook and Amazon. I expect more political fireworks in a political year on those two big, giant companies. Apple? They're Teflon. Nothing sticks to them for some reason. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Legal Schmeagle. pg e is pulling a legal move. This is why I really don't like... Investing in bankrupt companies. PGE announced its decision to remove California Governor Newsom, a requirement that he sign off on its settlement with wildfire victims, trying to buy more time for its restructuring plan. PGE reached an agreement with representatives of victims of its fire that that their fire ignited. By its equipment to eliminate a provision that Newsom said is proposed reorganization plan that doesn't comply with state law. It's just governor calls the plan woefully short. PG&E goes, okay, we'll one lawyer up a yawn that one and pull out. Killing the clause buys PG&E more time to shape the restructuring plan around the settlement with wildfire victims, which has emerged as the main obstacle to its exit from the biggest utility bankruptcy in U.S. history. Too much for me to put on an investor's table plate, so to speak. It's just it's not going to work with me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. 2020. 2019, um, you tend to look back on one and look forward to the other. Looking back on 2019, what did we see? Oh, boy, that reminds me of watching Romper Room with my little sister. I was kind of like the embedded baby sister. What do you see? Looking back at 2019, crazy year of IPOs. Uber, Lyft, Smile Direct, Beyond Meat, and Zoom Video. Smile Direct Club, I only have one experience with it. An adult friend of mine got trays that he inserts in his mouth and it fixes his teeth slowly for him. The only problem, it didn't do it correctly. It didn't get the three dimensions right. So it straightened his teeth, but now they were mashing against each other kind of weird. So he goes to a dentist. The dentist says, oh, you didn't use that smile direct, did you? And he sends him to an orthodontist. And the orthodontist goes, oh, my God, I've never seen such a bad case of smile direct. Uh, teeth things causing such horrible 3D. Like, like, 
I don't even know if any of this is right or wrong. But let's just put it this way. I'd go to an orthodontist to get my teeth straightened if I wanted to get my teeth straightened at this point in time. There ain't no way I'm doing it by mail, even if it's 10% of the cost. He's having to sue one company so they can pay for the other company's work. Because the first company, second company said did incorrectly. So that was a big one. Um, in enterprise software, Slack, CrowdStrike, Zoom Video, PagerDuty all came public. But I think, obviously, some of the IPOs out of China, Luck and Coffee and Do You, were uh, kind of like the sexy Chinese IPOs. Luck and Coffee, probably one of the bigger winners this year. They're trying to be the Starbucks of China. And probably because they're Chinese, they'll probably understand the Chinese markets better. But that's just an assumption, right? Who's to say that Starbucks can't pay enough people enough money to pull it off? Some biotech companies, 10 times genomics was a big IPO this year. Um, Up huge from its IPO price, thus justifying it. And yet when you look at someone like an Uber or Lyft and you go, they're not really up. It kind of gives you that taste of not everything worked the same exact way this year. Unicorns was a magical word of 2019. How fast can we get these puppies out? When you got a pregnant unicorn and it keeps dropping IPO after IPO after IPO, you're like, woohoo! 24, 26 IPOs this year were classified as unicorns. And unicorns being companies that will probably never, ever, ever earn money. But are worth over a billion dollars. Uber, I've talked with an employee of the company. And he gleefully says, we're never going to earn money. I'm like, what's wrong with you? He drives around in his $200,000 McLaren. Oh, we're never going to earn money. You don't think people are going to hate you in a year or two after that, after saying something like that? Oh, yes, they will. So I would say the Uber, Lyft, and Smile Direct were probably the poster children of 2019 IPOs. But you have to look at Beyond Meat and go, what do we got there? I would say that Beyond Meat was a story of where there's smoke, there's fire. And again, to me, Beyond Meat tells me the story of millennials, not the story of America. Younger people have a conscience about the world. They grew up at a time where they've always had cell phones, essentially. They've seen a stock market correction or two. They've seen a big job recession. So millennials, to me, are the so to speak, the vein of of where we're going with IPOs. Tapping the vein, trying to get it a little bit more bloodier and juicier so the needle goes in and pulls the blood out better. Look for the millennials. <laughs> what are they doing? So Beyond Meat was of interest this year, I think in large part because of how great the stock did after the fact. You know, I tell you that I've got a police officer friend who was all about it as it was going up, and then he wanted nothing to do with it as it's going down. 
you can't really have that opinion. You have to be a little bit more uh, directionless, so to speak. Zoom was an IPO that was kind of sexy this year. Ticker symbol ZM, video conference software. CrowdStrike somehow got tied up in the whole uh, presidential impeachment Ukraine issue. Peloton was a story stock, and they told that story so well. I just saw a Peloton van at my neighbor's house. I'm like, ah, sellouts. Exercise equipment and video company. They also want to be known as a social media company. They faced severe backlash from its recent commercial that showed the incredibly shocked young wife, who's also incredibly fit, being given a gift of exercise, of health. Uh, Peloton's up about 20% from its IPO, so it's not that bad. But it's um, been a little bit problematic. Pinterest went public on April this year. It hasn't done much. Companies should be profitable next year. So it could be one of those Twitter's IPOs where a couple years ago Twitter comes public and it didn't do much, didn't do much, didn't do much, and boom. So pager duty, when you hear the name pager duty, you're like, oh, I don't know about that. So Spotify made its debut back in 2018 with a special kind of IPO. And that special kind of IPO offering existing shares held by early shareholders, it's kind of doing the same. It's kind of making a thing. And it doesn't necessarily do terribly well on Wall Street because it doesn't necessarily get the big crowd backing. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Whether it be Chinese IPOs, non-profitable IPOs, cool technology IPOs, or just a big old trend IPOs. Big old trend being millennials wanting to choose meat substitutes versus meat itself. Um, Beyond Meat's next big day will be when they sign a national contract with someone like uh, McDonald's. Ten times genomics produces gene sequencing platforms that scientists are using to look at cells linked to various cancers like kidney disease, cerebellar development. Um, a lot going on in the biotech world this year. There was one called Bridge Bio, which was a clinical stage biopharmaceutical company that works on genetic diseases. Corona Therapeutics, a company dealing with the treatment of schizophrenia, Alzheimer's, and pain. Um, that stock's up 300% this year. Castle Biosciences, they offer diagnostic tests for dermatological cancers. It's fun stuff, no? You come up with cure for cancer, we give you big American dollars. That's what it comes down to. 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. S&P 500 touches fresh record highs. The economy is catching up with the stock market. Stock market is ahead of itself, but the economy is catching up with it. A lot going on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So looking back at 2019, I'm not sure if it's going to be the year of the WeWork IPO blew it for other IPOs. 
I'm not sure if it's going to be the year where companies like Grubhub, Uber Eats, Post Notes. Um, is that the year? Was 2019 the year that they, they broke through and kind of got into everyone's home and not just the few select elite? Is it a year where the market was up 25% in the face of a Chinese trade dilemma with the United States, a slowing world economy? Pretty impressive. That, that side of the angle is pretty impressive compared to the I, uh, IPOs. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. My radio station wishes you a happy holiday season. They've had a couple of the talent cut promos saying as much. They didn't ask me because I'm known as the grumpy cat. I'm like the meme of the station. I'm always in a bad mood of something, right? Uh, You ever have a spouse come home with like the most awesome deal ever and they're convinced of how awesome they are? <laughs> That's why it was only three dollars. There's a huge hole in it. What? There's a huge hole in it? Yeah, that's why it was three dollars. Right now it's a good time to get good deals. Um your wallet, let's say it's fat because you have a job, right? Holiday spending discount deals are more abundant than they typically are. We live in a world of winners and losers. We live in the south of north versus south. The north won the Civil War. Some people would say no one won the Civil War. Because it was brother against brother. Same thing goes, said can be true in retail. When you see the consumer get a good deal, it's bad for the, the stock, retail stock. For years, I was a a fan of uh, Banana Republic. For some reason, their clothes kind of fit me well. They kind of got the... He's large. He's not XXX large, and he's not XL. He's like, well, let's figure him out. And their clothes were decent quality. I think they've gone to crap. Pola. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But I knew there was a problem when I was getting emails from them basically every week for 50% off. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. And if I saw one for 40, I was like, oh, I'll just wait a week and get 50% off. That's bad news. Now, companies like Kohl's gives us a good indicator on how the consumer's doing. Kohl's had a great start on Black Friday. But it appears that a lot of shoppers got it done on the profit-busting day. So now it's very much so promotional. Heavily promotional. You can check out websites like Macy's. 40 to 70% off. JCPenney's up to 83% off. Diamond jewelry. <laughs> Whoops, you bought what? Well, dang it, honey. They got 83% off sale now. I need that diamond back. 
I need to take it back. Um, I know you're saying thank you for that great impression of a guy who rushed to get his honey a diamond only to want to pry it off her fingers to get it at a discount. That could be me. So this holiday shopping season is shorter than typical because the way it fell, because Thanksgiving fell so late, six fewer shopping days. This is it. This is your push right now. No retailer wants to end the January period with excess boring inventory. When consumers return with gift cards in hand, so they all want to get some sexy good stuff out there. They want that nice foot forward push. Some parts of the country have been dumped on with snow, so the retail is going to be problematic. Getting to the store is tough. But once you're at the store, you're like, I need coats, boots, hats. I need to accessorize with some gloves. So there's a real lull this year in post-Black Friday. The hangover of shopping is a good thing for me because it helps the consumer kind of push their balance sheet stronger and spend in the future versus drawing it all forward now with debt. That's a big question mark on when does the consumer get tired? And we're seeing it in one area right now. Not so much the consumer, but we're seeing it with auto loans. They're tougher to get. And that should make that industry a little bit more, how shall we say, tough to succeed if you're on this uh, business side. Now, trying to shore up your balance sheet as a company and not lend kind of as a two-edged sword, right? You get better customers for sure. But the downside is you also don't sell a lot of product. So auto loans are getting a little bit tougher. And when we saw this happen with housing, um, when we started tightening mortgage loan standards, it was essentially the beginning of the end. Or Yeah, it was already, I guess it was almost over, is the right way of saying that. But it was the exclamation point that it was dying. Boeing confirmed it's going to temporarily halt production of the 737 MAX. Stock is continuing to struggle. I own no Boeing. I can't buy it legally for three days after I talk about it on air. I'm not allowed to front run something. Um, Stock is trying to hold its battleground right now for the year. But when they said, you know, we're not even going to make any more planes because we can't storm anywhere anymore. And then once we get clearance for selling these puppies, we're going to get them off the lot as fast as we can. It'll take a little time to get fire up the factories again. So that's one economic data point that is negative for our economy. And when you take a look at Boeing stock right now, it's really attractive. But, man, there's a lot of bad news in it, right? No fund manager that I want to know wants their clients to own Boeing heading into the holiday statement where their clients get their statements. It'll be an interesting January versus December. I'm Rob Black.